0: Are you ready for my really funny story?
1: I am. I am hoping it's a really funny story. Well, well, like I said,
0: it was for me. Really, really funny. This was on Instagram. This was on Instagram. This, this, and it made me chuckle a lot. It was. It was on stories on Instagram. There was a woman, and she was sat down. You can probably Google it. It is hilarious. It's a video. There was a woman, and she was sat down in the pub, and uh, she was kind of like obviously a little bit tipsy already. (laughs) She was kind of so like, this you know, was
1: before if, lockdown, then.
0: Either that, or it could be London, right? Okay. As we know, coronavirus has ended there, so mm. you know. Um. So yeah, she so she was sat in a pub and somebody was filming her. Don't know why. And she she picked up a drink, had a swig, put it down, mm. decided to do some kind of like weird twist, as if you know, kind of like being all jokey and kind of like, Way! did a weird twist spilt her own drink, slammed it down, it knocked over her drink completely, knocked over her other drink, it went over two iPhones and a laptop. <laughs> Literally, honestly, within the space of about three seconds, she totaled about eight grand's worth of electricals by he being... takes a laptop to the pub? Well,
1: I don't know. I don't know what they were doing. I mean, I understand people who take their laptops to, like, coffee houses because they want everyone to see... That they're doing really important work.
0: I know, but I don't know what she was doing, and and I just I, I snort laughed for about oh god it, it lasted about half an
1: hour. Hey up, I'm Joe Heathcote, and this is Consistently Eccentric, a podcast where I will attempt to teach a friend of mine a lesson from British history, focusing specifically on the lesser known and less believable people and events that the history books tend to leave out. So let's get started with. Don't snort laugh just yet. So okay. This story starts in the Victorian era. Victorian and your three words, area. girth.
0: Hang on, I'm writing Victorian. Why? When was the Victorian era? Really, I haven't got a clue.
1: It was from when Queen Victoria took the throne till when Queen Victoria died.
0: Yes, I I, I know that. Oh, uh, I'm going more specific, Joe. Sort
1: of mid to late 1800s was kind of high Victorian era. So up until the turn of the century. The twentieth century. So, well, we're we're going to be jumping in in eighteen fifty nine. Okay. Okay. I'm
0: going to put eighteen fifty to nineteen hundred ish.
1: Ish. Thank you. Okay. So your three words, yep. as I've said before, girth, girth, stable boy.
0: <laughs>
1: Dear me. And cracky.
0: Cracky. How are we spelling that? Cur curly cur kicking cur.
1: Why? Yeah. Yep. That's it. Okay. All of that that you've written down probably isn't going to help. So, Caractacus was born in 1859 in Eltham, London. And he grew to be only just over five foot tall, which is 153 centimetres if you like it in metric, as I know some people do. No. He was described as having fine shoulders, good girth and sound feet.
0: Does that mean he's fat?
1: He had good girth. We'll find out. He started racing at the age of two years old. Racing what? What's he racing? Cars?
0: No, not at that time.
1: Though this is perfectly normal when you are a horse.
0: Caractacus is a horse?
1: Caractacus is a horse, yes.
0: Caractacus. So he
1: started racing at two, but he didn't win any of his races during his first season.
0: Oh, sad face.
1: Then, in his second season, when he was three, he Mm. managed to win the Somerset Stakes in Bath. Funnily enough, this turn in fortune coincided with Caractacus being ridden by an actual jockey, rather than the 15-year-old stable boy, John Parsons, who'd been filling in up to this point. Stable boy. Yeah, so although he was racing as a racehorse, he didn't have a jockey up until his second season, because they couldn't, I assume, couldn't afford one. So they just had the stable boy... Right. Brilliant. And it went about as well as you'd expect when a stable boy is racing against a dozen professional jockeys.
0: Yeah, I imagine him being a normal-sized chap as well, and jockeys tend to be oh, smaller, yeah. slighter, built for the sport. And
1: I can't... I, I've never found a picture of John Parsons. I like to John think... John
0: Parsons. I like right to think Johnny man.
1: Parsons was a six-foot-two lurch kind of creature. Yeah, yeah. But it's fair enough... Brilliant. The important thing is mm-hmm. he got himself a proper jockey and he won the Somerset Stakes. And that win mm-hmm. didn't only make a bit of money for owner Brilliant. Charles Snewing.
0: Snewing. Which
1: is a great name. He was a vet as Snewing. well as Charles Snewing. He, so he, he was sort of like a horse owner on the side of his veterinary business. Very good. Uh, but he also got Caractacus a place in the 1862 Epsom Derby mm. or Derby. I said it a bit American then, didn't I? Mm -hmm. Um, The big race took place on June 4th with the largest field ever recorded for the Derby at 34 horses. Wow. Yeah, that's a lot of horses. That's
0: a lot of horses. How many enter the Grand National?
1: Oh, the Grand National's even bigger. I think it's normally around 40 enter the Grand National, but that's a big jump race. This is a flat race. All right, Mm.
0: interesting. Okay.
1: One of these other horses just so happened to be owned by the brother of James Gota. This is important. Who is he? Well, James was a jockey and he was scheduled to ride Caractacus at the (gasps) race. But his brother's horse, called Sprite, had odds much shorter than Caractacus's 40 to 1. Okay. So he decided to switch mounts at the last minute. Which left Charles Snewing desperately scrambling to find a jockey to ride in the derby. Oh. He didn't find one. Oh. But guess who was there? mucking out the stable no they're not going to put John Parsons John Parsons had gone along to look after the horse oh. uh, and in desperation Snewing agreed to let the now 16 year old so he's mature now have a go at pretending to be a jockey one last time during one of the most prestigious races England has to offer
0: oh, with other, the, like, the amount of horses as well. Mm. well what a pressure on his shoulder especially when the horse has got a win
1: what do you mean the horse has got to win?
0: No, the horse had a win under its belt Oh yeah, Oh, no, yeah, the horse
1: has won, yeah.
0: So, you know, the horse is good, I, is what I'm saying. Good enough. It,
1: I don't know how prestigious the Somerset Stakes is. I don't know whether he was racing against other thoroughbreds or it was him, a donkey, Joe, and a man dressed Joe, as the back end of a... Do you
0: not remember when we lived down south?
1: Oh, it was quite a horsey area. That My
0: stream. God, was it horsey. I have never seen so many horses or horsey people in my entire life.
1: Are you saying the good people of Somerset and the surrounding area would know a good horse when they they saw one? They'd know a good horse when they saw one, yeah. So, after three false starts, which you can imagine, with that amount of horses milling around, the monster-sized field got away (gasps) with John Parsons' shrill voice being heard above the din screaming, Get
0: along, Cracky! (laughs) Cracky! Get along, Cracky! Brilliant. Oh
1: my God. Apparently, he could be heard above everything else. The roar of the crowd... (laughs) These horses galloping down away from the start. All you could hear was this oh pubescent God. voice cracking. Oh, my God. Now, it may have been due to the chaotic nature of such a large group of horses, or it may have, may actually have been that Caractacus was just desperately trying to outrun the shrieking <laughs> 16-year-old boy.
0: held it on in desperation, just like, oh, my God, what am I doing? <laughs> in my mind's eye, this is an amazing visual moment
1: yeah, but either way somehow oh, caractacus was able to win no the epsom <laughs> derby making john parsons the youngest ever winning <gasps> jockey
0: wow a record he
1: holds to this day amazing the victory also proved to be caractacus's last race he went in for another one but while he was training they found out he had some problems with his legs Oh, and that he couldn't race, but don't don't you feel sorry for Caractacus? Okay. He spent the next nine years of his life as a stud horse in England, and weirdly also in Russia. Yep. How are they getting him there on boats? Yeah, well, it must have been Victorian Boating time. him they across. We weren't flying him, really. <laughs>
0: Just, just airlifting
1: in one of those winches. He's like, who's dangling? This is this is before this is before the Wright brothers and all Cock and Brown. If they were flying him, it was via a hot air balloon, just, just lifting him in a hot air balloon, hoping the wind blew him eventually to Russia. No. Uh, unsurprisingly he never sired any horses that were particularly good at racing hmm. but he spent nine years of his life stood away, stood in enjoying himself brilliant making a bit more money for mr snewing. Mm-hmm. snewing john parsons he went back to his day job and promptly faded into obscurity never rode another horse
0: oh my god but what a win so between still the two a of them record breaker
1: both of them only ever raced in one first class race so both Caractacus oh. and John have a 100% winning record in first-class oh, races. That is better than Frankie de Tory.
0: Oh, that is... Do you know what? Brilliant. It's I a, love that. It's
1: a lovely little story, I isn't love it? I love that. I love it. Yeah? Yeah. And that's your lot. That's the episode today. No, it's not. What else have you got for me? Well... I know you too well. I could tell you, Caractacus got his name because Charles Snewing had visited the 18... 18- 51 Great Exhibition that we Ooh, know lots about now. We do,
0: we do. If you don't, we have an episode.
1: That's some good good plug-in right there. Plug-in it! It's a new year, sort of plug-in. We are. Yep, that's what we've decided. That is. Uh, at the Great Exhibition he mm-hmm. had seen a statue of the British chieftain Caractacus mm-hmm. bound in chains and he decided in that moment that he would name his very first racehorse after this legendary figure of British history.
0: Okay, can I just... Little side point here. Previous to this episode, the only Caractacus I have ever known, mm. and obviously not personally,
1: because if you go down the Dick Van Dyke road, <laughs> that
0: was it. literally Caractacus Potts is the only other.
1: Yes, Caractacus. There are, there are only three Caractacuses in history. Yes, in history, there's the horse, the horse, the British chieftain, yes, and Caractacus Potts, yes, who of course was the inventor of Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, yes. The only thing. See, we really,
0: I just had an argument with dad. Caractacus Potts is the Dick Van Dyke
1: character, isn't he? Yes. In mean
0: that. Right. He's not
1: The Grandad. The
0: granddad. No, the
1: granddad's just called Grandad, as far as I know.
0: Yeah, because Dad started like, you know, because my dad's love for a musical knows no bounds, started singing the the the, the song Oh the travelling life, the travelling life for me.
1: Right, yeah. Yeah. The one where me. he's in his little shed. Yeah, and Anything? he wouldn't
0: listen. He mm. wouldn't listen
1: that he got it wrong. P-O-S-H. Push. Well, aside, aside. Aside, aside. Would you like your main story today? Right. I've had
0: the Our main
1: story begins at mm-hmm. the very beginning of the common era. And that's C-E, so that's... Um, C-E? R- yeah, common era.
0: Common era?
1: Yeah. Right, you're delving into this... Year zero. Zero. Yeah. So, Caractacus, the man, not the horse. No,
0: I'm going to have to go back to this.
1: What is this? Okay, instead of BC, before Christ, and AD...
0: After death.
1: No, it's something in Latin.
0: No, it's Anno Domini.
1: Yeah, everybody has agreed that we're going to change it to before Common Era and Common Era so as not to alienate everybody who's not a Christian.
0: Right, well, I still, I did history. The only time I did history was when it was BC and AD.
1: Okay, well, we're around the point at which all the clocks had to change over, okay? Why? Because so we, st- we stopped counting down, and then we started counting up, didn't we? Why? Because you work to zero all the things that happened before. Before what? B Before Christ, BC,
0: yeah? So this is still about Christ? No!
1: We've changed it so that it's not got the Christian connotation. Right. To it. So,
0: what are you counting down from to
1: before the Common Era to the Common Era?
0: And what made this zero?
1: Well, it's ostensibly Jesus Christ, but obviously he wasn't <laughs> right, so actually it's about Jesus. Well, he wasn't even born at year zero anyway.
0: No, I know he so wasn't. it doesn't matter no, if he was born I'm, at all. All I'm saying is, there must have been a significant event. No. To make... what Right, then it doesn't make any sense. Everybody, Why didn't we just stop? Everybody decided,
1: okay? That's really weird and I don't like it. Everything nope. is done by consensus. Can we just get on to the story? Pile of shit this is. I don't care. Right. Right. Shit. Caractacus, the man. Not the horse. Not the inventor. Man. Okay, was born sometime around 10 BCE, before Common Era. Right. Okay.
0: Before nothing.
1: This was over 60 years since Julius Caesar had led military expeditions to the British Isles. Now, it appeared that the Romans had decided it wasn't worth the effort to conquer this backward Iron Age island full of warring tribes. Mm -hmm. Because although he went, and although there were some fights there, he never conquered Britain. He just went back. Right. That being said, there had been tons of fighting and upheaval during the time he was there. And Caractacus' tribe, the hmm, uh, on the front lines in all of these fights because they were based in the southeast of the country. Okay. Uh, so we're looking at an area that was around what Bedfordshire, couldn't... Herefordshire, Buckinghamshire, so you're looking southeast of Britain, of England. Right. That's where these guys were based. So as you can imagine, anything coming across the channel... They're going to be one of the first major tribes that are kind of encountered by the Romans, so they had to do a lot of fighting. But they not only managed to survive, did this tribe. Okay. They took advantage of the chaos the Romans caused and began a steady campaign of expansion under Caractacus's grandfather, Tasciavanus. So while all the other slightly weaker tribes were getting trounced by the Romans, yeah. Tasciavanus would sort of sweep in after the Romans had left. And so, oh, you're, you're ours now were having this, and they'd be so weakened by trying to resist the Romans that they had nothing left to resist, you know, this strong tribe.
0: Okay, well, I'm not fully following it, but I'm going to say okay, Okay. we'll
1: move on. So he moved his capital to Verolamian, a hill fort near where St Albans is now, and began minting his own coins, which is a sure sign that the Catervalonians were a force to be reckoned with. So when you start printing your own money, mm. that's letting everybody around know you're a bigwig. You know, you're 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 printing coins with your own face on them. You're a somebody. You're a major player in the local politics.
0: What's his granddad got to do with it?
1: His granddad was the one printing the money.
0: So his granddad was still alive.
1: No, we've gone back to when his granddad was fighting oh, against God, Julius I'm so Caesar. Confused.
0: I'm so confused. Caractacus has not
1: been born yet. We're talking about his grandfather, who, after Julius Caesar came over, took advantage of the situation to expand his territory but massively. But I thought
0: his grandfather had the tribe beginning with T, and you're talking no, about... No,
1: that was his grandfather's name.
0: And they had the Thelonians. I'm so the confused. The
1: are the tribe.
0: Right. Yeah? Yeah.
1: That Caractacus belongs to. Yeah. But two generations before, it was his grandfather, yeah. Tasciovanus who was taking advantage of all the chaos that Julius Caesar caused Yeah, in order that he could expand the territory. And right. he got so good at it and he became so powerful that he was able to start printing his own money because he was essentially king of a massive area of southeast England by that point. Right. Okay. When power passed to Tasciovanus's two sons, yeah, they continued the expansion westwards. Mm-hmm. But they were not just good at warring with other tribes. The two brothers increased farming production on the lands they owned and engaged in trade with the Romans, further increasing their wealth and standing amongst the tribes of England. Because the Romans, they didn't conquer Britain in the campaigns of 55 and 54 BCE, but they had managed to influence the southern tribes by the much more insidious means of commerce. Hmm. The Romans could tempt the British chieftains with wine, spices, luxury goods, fancy goods, from all across their empire. Yeah. And if the chieftains couldn't afford it, which, you know, Iron Age, generally they couldn't, the Romans were more than willing to offer loans.
0: Right. Loans
1: with rather large interest rates. Well,
0: yeah, I mean, they're not exactly known for the generosity, are they, the Romans?
1: Well, it essentially resulted in a number of the tribes placing themselves in debt to the Romans by such an extent that they were paying more in interest... Than they would have done in taxation if they had been conquered. So the cost of their freedom was, was a heavy cost to a lot of these tribes. Ah. Unfortunately for the Catalonians, this also meant that the Romans now had a vested interest in which tribes were being defeated during their expansion, because they didn't want the tribes that were paying them lots of money suddenly coming under the control you know, of a different tribe, because probably they weren't going to get those debts paid.
0: No. Okay.
1: So when power passed to Caractacus and to his brother, Togodamunus, and I like that one the most, Togodamunus, I'm going to call him Togo, mm-hmm. to Caractacus and Togo, they'd reached a point where any further expansion would be into territories which were being provided lots of income, uh, which were providing lots of income directly to the Romans.
0: I can't help but feel like this story is, is catering to a mind. Mm-hmm. That isn't full of birthdays, pin numbers, and what I need to buy for Christmas. Because, honestly, this is... I am having to concentrate so
1: hard. Okay. I me to give feel a migraine coming off. Do you a want me to give you a cliff, cliff notes? <laughs> Please. Okay, so. Caractacus and his brother...
0: Yeah. Togo. Found themselves
1: in Togo found themselves in charge of a very successful tribe. But they were so successful that they were starting to piss on the Romans' chips.
0: Okay, and chips. And the Romans
1: decided that that weren't going to fly. Okay. That they were not going to allow these two upstart Iron Age blokes from South East England to ruin the lovely sort of loan sharking scam that Mm -hmm. they had running.
0: I'd I'd call it a racket Mm. rather than a scam. I think they were quite upfront about it, but they made it nigh on impossible.
1: There was also the problem of the little brother. Because, not Togo. No, Togo was the oldest. Togo was essentially king. Caractacus was second in command. Okay. But they had a little brother called Adminius. 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 Uh, and he felt that he'd not gotten a fair share of the inheritance and wrote to the Emperor Caligula. Very good. Um, <clears throat> To ask that he send some people over to mm-hmm. maybe invade and that if they installed him as a kind of vassal for them afterwards, mm-hmm. a figurehead king, mm-hmm. that would be just super. And that he promised that his tribe wouldn't get up in the Romans' business again. Mm. Caligula decided not to get involved. Mm. But when his successor Claudius came to power, another request to invade the country came from Thersia, king of the Atrebates. There's some
0: very difficult words in this. <laughs>
1: I'm going to be editing it like this. King of the Atribates, who were busy being... <laughs> Conquered by Togo and Caractacus at the time. hmm The Romans may have seen uh, little Adminius as the perfect solution to this, because he was still there going, I'll, I'll rule. Yeah, but he's a bit of a weasel, though, isn't he? He's coming across as a bit of a weasel. Yeah. Um, but, you know, if he was there, ruling the biggest tribe in the southeast, mm-hmm. and he owed you a favour... Mm. Imagine the amount of wealth the Romans could get out of him. It might have been that they finally saw the financial side of things or it might have been the fact that Claudius was facing some political pressures from home and a nice quick victory in a war with lots of spoils always helps to keep the public happy. Keep him
0: sweet, safe in face, good for morale.
1: Oh, it's brilliant for morale. Mm -hmm. So, in the spring of 43 CE or AD, if you want to go old school, um, Claudius sent four legions... Which would be between um, be- the basic size of a legion is somewhere between four and six thousand men. So we think about sixteen thousand to twenty-four men. Although some people have said it was up to forty thousand trained Roman legionnaires Ooh. sent across. Those
0: Le- ones that make funny patterns out of the shields.
1: Yes, yes, good, good. Thank you. We'll please. get to that. Okay. Um, led by a general called Platius, Platypus. No, not platypusius. Platius. <laughs> Platius. <laughs> platypusius. Platypusius uh, to go and subjugate Britain. Many of the tribes, when they first came over, they already owed the Romans a lot of money. Yes. Uh, they were more than happy to accept occupation because essentially they had to do what the Romans said anyway. And well, this yeah. way they got protection from the tribes who, like the Cateodalians, mm. were sort of taking over all the time. So mm-hmm. it, was, it was a win-win for them. Um. But while the Romans had a tempting carrot for some of the tribes, they also had a bloody great big stick. And the Roman way of doing things, when mm-hmm. whenever they were taking over a, a new area, was if people played ball, they'd be so lovely. Mm-hmm. They'd allow you to keep all your lands in name. Mm-hmm. They'd give you all the nice little tidbits because it was much easier to assimilate people than it was to conquer people. Mm-hmm. And the idea being that it would go around the other people's, that if you, if you did what the Romans said, life got better. Mm-hmm. But on the other side of that, they also needed to make sure that anybody who crossed them was mm-hmm. absolutely crushed.
0: We all know people like mm. this. I'm going to create a character now, mm. Janet from HR. Nice as pie while you're, you know, you're in the line the minute you step foot out of line, or oh, Janet's a bitch. We all know that
1: person. Mm. Well, Rome's Janet. And, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, this, this 40,000 legionnaire Janet. Janet. <laughs> worth of a stick fell very heavily on Togo and Caractacus. <laughs> very good. Nice. Uh, they initially tried to avoid stage battles as they were rightly concerned that they were massively outmatched by the Roman force. Mm-hmm. And instead they tried to adopt guerrilla tactics picking moments to engage, harrying the Romans as they moved through the southeast of the mm-hmm. country. So never directly lining up and having a pitch battle.
0: No, no. The
1: problem with that was it's not a method of fighting that makes it easy to hold territory. Mm-hmm. And they were essentially trying to defend lands. You can't defend lands if you aren't at any point going to directly engage the invaders.
0: Not really, no. You can make it
1: more difficult for them to hold the land, but you can't... No. Sort of state you claim yourself. No, you can't now. Uh, and by the summer of forty-three, massive swathes of their territory was under Roman control. So they came across in the spring of forty-three. Did the mm. Romans by the summer?
0: It all got to hell in a handkerchief. Had, they it? pretty
1: much controlled most of the southeast. Oh dear. So Togo, he's out of options as king, mm-hmm. uh, and he chose to take a stand at the River Medway in Kent to try and stop the Roman forces in the tracks. So mm-hmm. had to take the risk of a pitch battle. Ominously, on the eve of battle, they received news that one of the tribes that they considered allies, the Dabunni, D-O-B-U-N-N-I, Dabuni. Dabuni, Uh had defected to the Romans. So they, they announced that oh. they defected just before the battle. So that's reinforcements they weren't getting.
0: What a slap in the face. Well, yeah.
1: So short on morale and, unfortunately, on manpower, they were unable to defeat the Romans, in mm-hmm. spite of the fact that the Romans had to swim across the river before engaging in the battle.
0: Oh, see, that's just even worse, isn't mm. it? You've got them wet. You've got them tired.
1: And they still and they still bloody won. Mm. They fell back to the Thames, right? To oh, try again. Swimming that? Well, actually, no. It would have been all right then. It would be so, full of shopping trolleys and dead people. They they were very river centric in terms of picking locations for battles. So they fell back to the Thames to try mm-hmm. again. But they were again defeated. And even worse, Togo, he was killed in the fighting.
0: Oh, the Togo.
1: Caractacus was forced to flee.
0: <gasps> to where?
1: Well, as the younger brother, he didn't have the same... He wasn't sort of running the capital. No. He had based himself in the town of Camulodunon.
0: Camulodunon.
1: Modern-day Colchester.
0: Colchester. So
1: he based himself in Colchester. Very good. Caractacus returned to his stronghold, hoping to regroup his forces and come up with some new strategy. Although what strategy? you've tried, tried guerrilla wars.
0: You've fought, you've, you're losing land, mm-hmm. you're losing morale, you're losing your people, you're losing your, your sanity and your brother. And
1: Lots of things are going wrong. But fighting
0: the Thames. and oh He's God. gone back to
1: his, his fort uh-huh. and he's there and he's thinking, what can I do? Cry. Trying, trying to get people together. Uh, and initially, he might have thought the gods were with him, as the Romans didn't immediately press their advantage and march on him. So he was fully expecting to see the Romans just—oh, just, just
0: just at the gate. Yeah, trumping down the road. To come in, yeah.
1: And if you think though, the Romans would only pause if they had a good reason to. Mm. You'd be right. What happened? They had been ordered to wait for the Emperor Claudius himself, Maximus. No, Claudius. I, Claudius? Yes. Oh. He wanted to lead the Roman forces as they took Caractacus's capital. (sighs) Because they considered Caractacus' tribe to be the strongest in the country. And so taking the capital, it was tantamount to completing the conquest of Britain. Big tick. Yeah. It's that mission accomplished. Okay. You know, so he wants to be there to do the George Bush on the boat with the big banner. Claudius arrived with even more soldiers... As well as artillery. And,
0: artillery?
1: And goddamn elephants.
0: <laughs>
1: he brought elephants. Wow. For uh, why? What to do? Just were, to ride on? These were war elephants. What? These were Let's to just fight.
0: explore that.
1: An elephant is like a tank.
0: Well, they're big. Yeah, I'll give you them that. But they're nice.
1: No, they could, elephants were used for executions. They could be very, very deliberate in the way they de-limbed people and they could be very 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 deliberate in how much crushing pressure they were put on people so i
0: have a very soft
1: elephants can be bastards just as much as humans they have enough intelligence to be absolute dicks
0: yeah but i have a very soft i have a very big soft spot for elephants because our little boy loves elephants
1: in this in this story you don't have to imagine them going to war because i mean basically he it's turns up he's already got 40,000 men. Yes. Yeah, he turns up with extra men. I bet they just artillery. Down and just, went,
0: just take it. I can't do yeah. it anymore.
1: Well, there was nothing Caractacus could do. No. I don't think the elephants even needed to be used.
0: I think he probably just flung them the keys. Yeah. And just it's... just take it because I'm out. Well, that that's a that's a a chess
1: knocking what, over your king.
0: Knocking over your king moment there, well, right, isn't it?
1: He wasn't able to stop them taking the capital it was oh. august by this time and the entire enterprise from the roman point of view had taken six months well done practicus though he was able to escape the inevitable carnage oh. uh, heading westward towards the unoccupied areas of britain colchester became the first roman capital of britain mm-hmm. and had the largest roman style temple built to commemorate the victory is it still there well it was later destroyed by another native britain uh, by the name of Boudica. Who was not happy with the Romans either, but that was after Caractacus's time.
0: Okay, and what what nationality was Boudica?
1: It began with I- Iceni. She was Iceni from. Um, they were sort of based slightly north of where Caractacus's tribes were, so moving towards East Anglia.
0: All right. Okay. Okay.
1: Uh, Colchester also boasted the only chariot circus ever built in England
0: oh is that still there Uh,
1: no none of these well some bits of it are still there but I don't think the chariot circus is one of the bits that survived oh that's a shame
0: that would be something to see wouldn't it
1: Mm. it would really would I've seen
0: chariot racing you have I have in France at Le Grand Park it's amazing like possibly the most thrilling thing I've ever seen live ever Mm. was chariot racing it's so loud and so exciting good and they jump them as well
1: I don't know if they did that in Roman times. Oh, but well, it was so, very exciting. Caractacus and his family eventually reached Wales, where the Silures and the Ordovice tribes agreed to join with him to resist further Roman expansion. So he's now found the Welsh tribes, and they've all agreed to join with him and his ragtag group of survivors mm-hmm. to have another last, last, super last stand because Caractacus is a man What is he of last defending stands. at this point?
0: Is he def- he's defending
1: Wales. He's defending Wales. Right. Now, there are two suggested reasons why these tribes quickly agreed to follow Caractacus. Because mm-hmm. this bloke, as fresh from three major defeats, mm-hmm. turned up on your doorstep and said, Follow me, lads, we're going to beat the Romans. Yeah, you'd slam the door in his face okay. and say, Not a friggin' chance, wouldn't so, you? The first theory is that Caractacus was directly descended from the warrior, magician, virgin born, and resurrected King. Lulo Gif, a celebrated figure from Welsh legend. Oh my god. And so of course they follow him. That is a me- wizard. Wizard, yes. What was the other ones? Uh he was um a warrior, he was a magician, he was virgin born and he was resurrected. Wow, that's yeah. some
0: claim right there.
1: Yep. Um they had to they had to trick his mother into naming him. Because He was virgin-born to a woman who, because she'd given birth, could no longer have her position at the right hand of what was essentially a god. Mm -hmm. Um, So she refused to name him, and they had to trick her into naming him. Right. Yeah. It's a very interesting story. What a legend. The second, more boring theory, is that they had shared ancestry from Cornwall, and Caractacus made a compelling argument that the Romans would not be able to attack Wales in similar numbers... Uh, to the invasion in the southeast as they needed troops to hold the areas they already had right. so his argument was look we we've got shared heritage and also it's not going to be the same as last time because at least some of those forty thousand legionnaires need to stay in colchester need to stay in londinium need to stay around that area to hold it so they'll be it's sending be less the to us boring
0: theory isn't it it's not no be the it's the wizard it's the, the, the wizard. wizard let's go with the
1: wizard He's descended from a wizard. Harry. Harry. Which is why they suddenly... He bewitched them into following him. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. And it turned out he was right They Had a greater chance of working because they managed to last for nearly seven years, enjoying even a few small victories. So Cractica's finally got one in the wing column. Well done. He stopped being ridden by a small stable boy. They <laughs> finally got one in the wing column. <laughs> However, they were slowly being pushed back.
0: Where? Where are they to go? If they're in Wales... They started out in
1: southern Wales... Right. ...and they were being slowly pushed into northern Wales, essentially. So...
0: Well, they're going to hit the edge. Yeah.
1: Well, that's the problem. And Caractacus saw the same thing. And he found himself, again, having to choose between slow, gradual defeat... ...or a high-risked pitch battle to try and win a decisive victory over the Romans. He chose a place called Caer Caradoc to have his final battle... Uh, it was a very hilly area. Mm-hmm. His men would have the high ground. They had time to build ramparts. Mm-hmm. And the terrain would bottle up the Romans, forcing them to go through yet another river. I was going to say, a river? Because that is... Page one of the Caractacus playbook is, yeah. can we make them I wet? Know,
0: but I but mean, like, I'm not being funny. You'd see it coming.
1: Mm. You know, can we douse them in some way? Yeah. Is that
0: You'd come with a portable bridge.
1: Well, Caractacus, he was very confident this time. He'd, he'd managed to pick... The perfect. He'd learnt from his mistakes at Medway and Thames.
0: Mm, I'm not convinced.
1: And Tacticus, great Roman chronicler of things.
0: Tacticus? Yes.
1: No, not Tacticus. Tacitus.
0: Tacitus. Tacitus, right.
1: Roman chronicler. Uh-huh. Uh, he described Caracticus prior to the battle.
0: Uh-huh.
1: He flew hither and thither, protesting that that day and that battle would be the beginning of the recovery of their freedom. Or, of everlasting bondage. He appealed by name to their forefathers who had driven back the dictator Caesar, by whose valour they were free from the Roman acts and tribute, and still preserved inviolate the persons of their wives and of their children. While he was thus speaking, the host shouted applause. Every warrior bound himself to his his national oath not to shrink from weapons or wounds. So he he got them into a fever pitch. Oh, wow. He, it was...
0: Fine lather. Yes, it right. was
1: Mel Gibson, Braveheart levels of...
0: Wow. ...getting
1: people going, although wow. possibly with a more believable accent.
0: Mm-hmm. Less blue face paint.
1: The confident words and the missiles that they were launching from the high ground were sadly no match for a Roman tortoise.
0: Oh, the yeah, the shields.
1: The shields up, and they just slowly slowly advance while the Welsh soldiers were basically just tiring themselves hurling rocks and stones and spears and whatever else they could get their hands on so by the time the soldiers from the Roman side reached the ramparts it was a foregone conclusion because instead of it being the Roman army that was absolutely you know tired sort of discombobulated by the entire experience it was the Welsh who'd been launching things like Billio for the past hour, mm-hmm. who are absolutely knackered. And also, let's not forget, one side were wearing plate mail, mm-hmm. the other side were burr-chested. No! Oh, yeah, they had some war paint on, but essentially they were in pants. Apparently, <laughs> um, in some of the um, battles that they had in mainland Europe, they were mm-hmm. fighting people who would fight completely nude Wanging out. Which is, I don't know if it's insanity or the ultimate show of bravery to run towards a Roman legion. With your wang out? Yeah. (laughs) Freeballing. Swinging in the breeze. Let's just... (laughs) Let's have fun with it. Oh, God. You're probably going to die anyway. You may as well... Don't want to get any blood on your clothes.
0: Show you willy to them Romans. Mm. (laughs) Brilliant.
1: Uh, So, again, Caractacus was forced to flee. Mm -hmm. Though this time he was unable to bring his family with him and they were captured by the Romans. So his wife and kids have been captured now.
0: Oh, no. Oh, that's always sad, isn't it?
1: Yeah, when your wife and kid are captured by the Romans. No,
0: there's a lot of... You know, in history, there's a lot of stuff like that that goes on. It always makes me a bit sad.
1: Mm. So, running out of options, Caractacus ran to the territory of the Brigantes.
0: Brigantes.
1: Uh, So this is modern-day Yorkshire. So he ran...
0: To Yorkshire. To the
1: Yorkshire peoples.
0: From Wales.
1: From Wales. Okay. Yorkshire, weirdly at this time, it was ruled over by a queen called Cartimandua. Okay. So she's a York York queen, Mm -hmm. Cartimandua. Uh, She had surrendered to the Romans without a fight quite quickly. Mm -hmm. But Caractacus had had pretty much to take a gamble that he could convince the Brigantes to join his cause. And he right. did. He convinced the Brigantes.
0: Oh my goodness! I mean,
1: but not Cartimandua. Oh, who handed him over to the Romans in chains? Mm. This was not a popular decision, and she was later overthrown by her ex-husband. Ooh, mm. bit of family dynamic going on there, isn't it? Gosh, so... how forward
0: thing! An ex-husband. Mm. Usually, you wouldn't get rid of them; you just add more.
1: Well, he was a bit miffed because. Um, because she'd subjugated to the Romans, one of her stipulations was that she'd be the big boss. Right. And that her husband would just be husband of queen, not king. Mm, wow. And she was using the fact that the Romans like me, so he quickly got tired of that. He tried to overthrow her a couple of times before he actually managed it. Right. It was very much... I think part of it was um, around the fact that there were some people who actually wanted to be free in name. Mm-hmm. Um, And I'm guessing that the the sort of wealth that the Romans were funneling in wasn't dripping down that far.
0: Right, okay, yeah.
1: But there was probably some good old-fashioned sexism in there as well. Heap teaspoons full, probably. So rather than just kill Caractacus, the Roman governor, Scapula, Mm -hmm. sent him back to the capital so that the emperor himself could pronounce the sentence on the man who had been disrupting his plans for nearly a decade. Mm Mm-hmm because he he,
0: yeah but surely he's just he's more of an annoyance he's he, not actually done anything with great design has he he's it's just he's like a
1: mosquito he stood up to Rome and he actually had a bit of a reputation in Rome as this guy who kept you know being named as yeah, someone who was leading resistance out. he hasn't he was still he was still a romantic figure in Rome Fair of enough. This, this
0: well, that's their own pure warrior chief. I mean, fighting if, you actually, him. if you actually boil it down, I mean, he's no threat to anybody, is he? He's just somebody with a gob.
1: He's somebody fighting for his freedom.
0: He is fighting for his freedom, but let's just, you know, Against evaluate... Against
1: overwhelming odds. It's it's the underdog story. I mean, what do we love in Britain more yeah, than do. an underdog story? we We love
0: an underdog. And it turns do. out
1: the Romans, again, they knew they were going to win, but they quite liked hearing about this plucky little guy who kept fighting... Despite all the evidence saying he should just stop, because don't forget at the very start of this, if Togo had decided to bend the knee, yeah, they'd probably still be, you know, in he'd probably still be in Colchester enjoying the chariot circus. Yeah, that was a big mistake, wasn't it? Right well, it there? wasn't it. For, to be fair to Caractacus, it wasn't his mistake to make. He had to follow his brother who was it, the king. So he
0: did, but Togo made a big, oh, big boo-boo, yeah, well, didn't he? Really, Togo
1: paid for his big boo boo though. I think mm. yeah, he's dead in the Thames. He is. Mm.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what a grim description. <laughs> Togo, dead, dead in the, in the Thames.
1: Thames. We could call the band Togo and we could call the first album I'm Dead in, in the, the Thames. Thames. I'm, liking that.
0: I'm liking that.
1: So, Caractacus was paraded through Rome with his family, with the citizens turning out to see this savage who had resisted the might of the empire. He was then taken in front of the Senate and Emperor Claudius. And Emperor Claudius, in a big show, demanded to know why he should spare caractacus right rather than plead for his life caractacus made a speech basically saying he had been a king with wealth and power and that it was ridiculous to have expected him to give those things up willingly okay he claimed both that claudius would have done exactly the same thing in his position Mm -hmm. and that actually by his resistance The eventual victory was all the more impressive for the Romans and brought them, and Claudius specifically, more glory than if everybody had just allowed it to happen. Yeah, just
0: kind of led down and just let it happen.
1: So rather than... What a speech! Rather than plead for his life, Mm -hmm. he decided to flatter Claudius.
0: One great big ballsy move is what Mm. I think.
1: And to basically say, well if I'd done anything else you'd have called me yeah. a weakling yeah. you'd have called me a coward yeah. so I'd rather be stood jam? in front of you yeah. you know being an honourable man who tried his best than to be just another one of your vassals
0: mm-hmm.
1: and do you know what didn't work oh it did Claudius was impressed
0: oh was he and did decided he like
1: that? that he would allow Caractacus and his family to live <gasps> though he would remain in exile from Britain where are they going to put him In Rome. He was allowed to stay in Rome. Wow! It is said that Caractacus was so impressed by the Roman capital that he asked his captors why the hell they felt the need to come over the sea to take the tents and the farms of his people. He couldn't understand why people who lived in such luxury Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. would feel the need...
0: Yeah, why? What are you doing?
1: ...to come over. And, I mean, there were Romans who were forced to live in Essex why? they were forced to live in East Anglia they were forced to live in Wales in order to keep a bunch of us I say us I mean this is before I mean we're all immigrants basically this is primordial Britons Mm -hmm. after the land bridge 5,000 years ago Mm -hmm. and to be fair the spirit of Caractacus lived on in Britain because Mm -hmm. of all the areas that the Romans took over yep Britain was the one that kept having revolts, kept fighting it, and it was said that of all the different places they had dominion over, Mm. it cost the most, and the most in resources, in time, to keep us subjugated. We are... Over anywhere else.
0: We are the oddest island nation, Mm. I think, possibly in the world, Mm. for things like that. It's like... Why, as a tiny island, a drop in the ocean to a lot of countries, Mm. continents, I mean, other island nations, why the hell we thought we could rule the world? And let's face it, that was what we tried to do with the empire and colonialism. And all the rest of it... Accidentally,
1: I think. We just kept oh, expanding.
0: No, no, I don't think it was by accident. I think it was 100% by design. Why the hell that is inbuilt in us? I have no... Well, it must it must stem from this. Well, It must stem way, from years and, well, thousands of years of this. We
1: were so disruptive... We are still. ...that the Romans didn't have the energy <laughs> to jump across oh, to God. Ireland.
0: Very good.
1: And... Having met the Caledonians north of the border, mm-hmm. they saw the insanity, insanity. and they decided—is that their words? They decided it was better for them to just leave the Caledonians to their own devices and to build a gr- big bloody wall, and hope to God they didn't try to cross it. And from <laughs> this is where the idea of Scotland, yeah, and the northern Scottish sort of you know Highlands yep. being the edge of the known world. As we get from the Vikings, right? That is where this idea came from. Even the might of the Roman Empire, oh my god, could not take over the Scots. Leave
0: them alone.
1: Because they really,
0: I, I love Scotland. I have such a soft spot for Scotland. Love it. Love the people. Love everything about it. It is an amazing part. The the
1: unconquerable
0: Scots great britain we're lucky to have scotland i don't know how long we'll have it for before they decide that they don't want anything to do with the rest of us and quite rightly so but oh god what a country what a country (laughs) i bloody love scotland scottish history is they succeeded where caractacus
1: failed in that they were able to successfully resist roman occupation for the entire 400 and so years that the romans were around with us amazing and bless them the Irish didn't even know that this had happened they no, just carried on they were happy as anything
0: regardless mm.
1: so we got there in the end with we many did. a mispronunciation
0: oh yeah we, apologies for that Joe.
1: your pronunciation is I practised that's the annoying oh, thing I practised and then it was performance pressure <laughs> was it this never happens to me but <laughs> it did this time it did it did and yeah. like I say, obviously, We've after Caractacus was captured uh, mm-hmm. a little while later, mm-hmm. uh, we had Boudicca, mm-hmm. who burnt London to the ground so comprehensively that when you try to dig down through the layers, there is a layer that is specifically the burnt remnants of what she did.
0: Amazing. The that Boudica is Boudicca layer. Yeah,
1: there is a Boudicca layer because <gasps> she was so comprehensive in fucking it up. She was like, I, I want nothing left. This is scorched earth policy. And they did it. Wow. It seems a shame that she ended up committing suicide.
0: Oh, With
1: her daughters. Aww. Mm.
0: Very sad.
1: By Hemlock, I believe.
0: Yes, that's ringing a bell.
1: Yeah. But she... Definitely made them think twice. Yeah. And the thing is, the entire time of the Roman occupation, there were loads of little things like that happening all the time. Most of the other areas that the Romans occupied, they saw the benefit to it. Yeah. You know, they got civilization, they got culture, they got to own slaves. That was a big thing. Ooh. Yeah.
0: No, I'm not liking that
1: again. Although to be fair to the Romans in terms of the slavery you could buy your way out of being a slave and you could be freed by your master and there were plenty of people I say plenty there were some people three yeah (laughs) Alan (laughs) Phil and old Margaret over there, yeah. they were all freed. <laughs> they
0: were all freed, all three of them.
1: But they found, again, it was the Roman idea of the carrot and the stick. They were mm-hmm. very good at being, you can't just be stick. You're not going to keep your empire going for as long as they did with just stick. And the carrot was, even if you're a slave, Janet there's, that, from HR. there's that chink of light mm. that you may, mm. may be able to get out of it I,
0: at some point. I think our take home from this is don't piss off Janet. That's
1: your take home from this. Mm. Who is this I, I imagine this Janet is a real person who wronged you.
0: No, I think we've all worked with a Janet and I'm I'm using I'm using the name as people use the name Karen's and Susan's for the type of person and I'm sure we've all come across them and they you start a job and they're lovely and they're lovely and they couldn't do enough for you. And they're all nicey, 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 nicey. You come up against them on an issue and they suddenly turn into a an obnoxious, Ooh. hateful ah. stick in the mud, who will literally then give you resting bitch face and side eye for the entire time you work with them, because you came up against one problem that is Janet,
1: and apparently also the Roman Empire. Yes, and I also imagine that, the Roman Empire that is
0: what I imagine the Roman Empire was run like,
1: Janet. Wow. Only
0: with slightly more orgies.